Okay, so we are on Memhei Amid Beis, right in the middle of the Amud, where it says, Omar Rabbe Barbachana, Omar Rabbi Yechene. It's at the beginning of a line. So the Gemara here, of course, is discussing the Sugya of Mokta. We have another uh, two or three blat in this discussion regarding Mokta, in this Perik, that is. And the Gemara here will be discussing Rabbi Yechene's opinion, whether we paskin like Rabbi Shimon or we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. As we've seen already many times here in the Gemara, there's the general machlekes between Rab Shimon and Rab Yehuda, where Rab Yehuda is more stringent regarding Mukta, and Rab Shimon is much more lenient regarding Mukta. So the Gemara begins, Amar Rabbi Babachana, Amar Rabbi Yechenin, Rabbi Babachana said in the name of Rabbi Yechenin, that Amru, they said, Halachik Rab Shimon, that the Halacha, when it comes to Mukta, is to follow the lenient opinion of Rab Shimon. So the Gemara questions this. So me, Amar Rabbi Yechenin, Hachi, did Rabbi Yechenin say this? Vaha boy minayahu saba kruya. There was this old person from Kruya. Vamri la seruya, or he was from a place called Seruya. So this old man asked me Rabbi Yechenin the following question from Rabbi Yechenin: Kina shaltarna gailus, a portable chicken coop. Mahul italtuli b'Shabbos. Are you allowed to move this on Shabbos, or is it mukta? Amalei, Rabbi Yechenin answers him, Klomosoi elolatarnagailen. This chicken coop is made for chickens, and if it's made for chickens, so even if they are not inside, even if there's no chickens inside, but since that's what it's made for, so it's going to be mukta. Now this response of Rabbi Yechenin is following Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. According to Rabbi Shimon, if there's no chickens inside, there's no reason for it to be mukta. As long as there's chickens inside, so then it's mukta. But if not, there's no reason for it to be mukta. So here we see that Rabbi Yechenin does not follow Rabbi Shimon's opinion. So the Gemara answers, The case of this question that was asked from Rabbi Yechenin, what is it speaking about? The That there was a dead chicken that was inside this uh, portable chicken coop, and that makes it mukta even according to Rabbi Shimon. Because this dead chicken is not fit for use for human consumption. And uh, as Rashi here says, although you could use it to feed dogs or any other animals with it, but it's, it died on Shabbos and therefore you didn't know that it's going to be used for anything. So therefore, even Rab Shimon would agree that that afroyach mace that's inside makes the place mukta. So that's why Rabbi Yechenin said that it's mukta even according to Rab Shimon's opinion. So when the question was asked from Rabbi Yechenin, uh, whether this portable chicken coop is mukta or not, and Rabbi Yechenin responds, isn't it made for chickens? So as Rashi explains, and Taisus here explains, what this means is that Rabbi Yechenin was saying that since it's made for chickens, it's common that there should be an afroyach that's mace inside, and therefore if there's an afroyach mace inside, so that will make it mukta. So the Gemara now continues, continues, this is understood, this is a good answer according to Mar Bar in the name of Rave, the Omar Maida Hoyer Abshimin, Bibalachayim Shemesu Shasurin. That Abshimin was Maida that Balachayim that died, dead animals or a dead chicken is Mukta. A live animal is not uh, is not Mukta, but Balachayim Shemesu is Mukta, Shasurin. But according to Mar Bereder of Yosef, in the name of Rabbah, 
He says that Rab Shimon argued and said, even Balichaim Shemesu, Shahin Mutarin, they're also Mutter, they're not Mukti either. And as Rashi here says, the reason is because even Balichaim Shemesu could be used to, fe to feed your pets, to feed a dog, so it's still something that could be used on Shabbos, and therefore it's not Mukta. So, what, how could we explain the response of Rab Yechinen that it should fit with Rab Shimon's opinion? So the Gemara answers, Inside the chicken coop, there is an egg. And the egg is what makes it mukta. Why is the egg mukta? This is an egg that was born on Shabbos. And as we learned before, one of the categories of mukta is noilad. When something comes into being on Shabbos and it wasn't there prepared before Shabbos, this is mukta. So in this case, Rab Shimon would agree that the chicken coop becomes mukta because of the egg. But Rav Nachman said, One that holds of the concept of Mukta in the broad sense, like Rabbi Yehuda, also holds that Nailad is Mukta. The Lesley Mukta, the one that disagrees with the Mukta in that broad sense, so Lesley Nailad, he doesn't hold of Nailad either. Right now you have the egg here, and it's fit for consumption. So if now it's fit for consumption, it's not Mukta. The fact that it wasn't there when Shabbos came in, it wasn't prepared, that doesn't matter. According to Rab Shimon, as long as it's fit for consumption now, it's not Mukta. So then, going back to the question, how do we explain Rab Yechenin's Psak that this chicken coop is Mukta if he passes like Rab Shimon? So the Gemara answers, the Isbe Beitza Sefroyach. There is an egg inside this chicken coop that's, that does not have an egg inside, but it has a little chick inside the egg. So here, it can't be used for anything. It can't be used for human consumption. It can't be used to feed to a dog or to any of your pets because there's there's an egg that has inside this 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 chick and the egg. So Rashi says the the dog cannot break the shell to get the uh, to get the chick inside. So therefore, it's going to be mukta either way for you to use or for the dog to go ahead and eat it. And therefore, that makes the chicken coop mukta even according to Rabshimen. This is the statement that Rabbi Babachon said in the name of Rabbi Yechenen. Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef came and said in the name of Rabbi Yechenen, Halachik Rabbi Yehuda, that Rabbi Yechenen paskened like Rabbi Yehuda, that held of a much broader idea of Mukta, was more Machmer. But Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Omar, it's Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi that said that Halachik Rabbi Shimon, that we paskened like Rabbi Shimon. Omar Rabbi Yosef, so now Rabbi Yosef commented regarding this statement of Rabbi Yitzchak bar Yosef. This also fits with what Rabbi Babachana said in the name of Rabbi Yechenin. What did he say? Amru, they said, Halacha Kerab Shimon. Rabbi Yechenin didn't say that the Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. What he said is, they said Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. Amru, they said so. People in the yeshiva or other people said that the Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. But Velele Svirele, he didn't hold that the Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. Omale Abaye le Rav Yosef. Now Abaye commented and said to Rav Yosef, "Va'at loy tizbera the Rav Yechenen k'Rav Yehuda, and you on your own do not hold the halacha that Rav Yechenen held that halachas like Rav Yehuda." So as Rashi explains, what Abaye is asking Rav Yosef, you only came to the conclusion that Rav Yechenen holds that the halacha is like Rav Shimon after you heard it from Rav Yitzchak. You on your own didn't know this. How could it be? And he shares with him the following incident. So these two Amiraim, Rabbe and Abasi, were came on a Shabbos to Rabbe of Chaifa. The Nafal Menartal Glime, a Menaira, a candelabra, 
fell down on the coat, the rabasi, on the coat of rabasi, and he didn't move it on Shabbos. He left it there. He treated it as mukta. And this is talking over here about a candelabra that the fire has gone out. So now my time. Why didn't he move this candelabra? Why did he treat it as mukta? Isn't the reason? Rav Asi is a student of Rabbi Yechenen. And Rabbi Yechenen follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that says that even after the fire goes out, as we learned in the Mishnah, the argument, one of the arguments between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon regarding Muktzah is when you light the Shabbos candles, after the candles go out, is the candelabra or is the lamp still Muktzah? Rabbi Yehuda says it remains Muktzah for the rest of Shabbos. Because by Ben Hashemash, it was Muktzah, it remains Muktzah the rest of Shabbos. And Abshimon holds, only as long as the candles are burning is it Muktzah, but when it goes out, it's not Muktzah anymore. So over here, he didn't want to move this candelabra that fell on his coat, because he's a student of Rabbi Yechen, and that passed like Rabbi Yehuda, that it's Muktzah. Rabbi Yehuda like the Islay Muktzah that holds that it's Muktzah in this case. So over here, we see that Rabbi Yechen and passed like Rabbi Yehuda. Amalei, Rabbi Yisuf responded, Menarte ka'omret, you're bringing me an incident that happened with a candelabra. Menarte shani. The case of a candelabra is different. It has a different, uh, a different halacha. Not related to muktzah, it has a different reason, a different halacha why you shouldn't be moving this candelabra. And the Gemara rings the source of this. The Omer Avacher Bar Chanina, Omer Avasi, Hoire Reish Lakish B'Tzidon. Reish Lakish taught the halacha in the city of Tzidon. A candelabra that's light enough that you could move it with one hand. You're allowed to move it on Shabbos. But if it's heavy enough, it's a larger candelabra, and you could only move it with two hands, you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos. And Rabbi Yechenin said, what we hold is as follows. We paskin regarding, we have the opinion, we have the opinion of the halacha of Nair, according to Rab Shimon, that says that while the candle is burning, so then you're not allowed to move it. When it comes to a menoida, here it's not dependent on the machlekes of Rabbi Huda and Rab Shimon. Whether it's a menoida that's small enough that you can move it with one hand, whether it's large and you can only move it with two hands, a candelabra, you're not allowed to move on Shabbos. And this is according to everybody, even according to Rab Shimon. This has nothing to do with the machlekes of Muktzah. Now why is a candelabra different than any other item regarding the Allah of Muktzah. What's unique? What's what's the special issa regarding moving a candelabra? So here the Gemara is going to bring the reason for this. The Gemara brings two opinions. The time am I? What's the reason for a menorah being different? Rabbi and Rav Yosef, the Amri Tarvayu, Rabbi and Rav Yosef both say, because a candelabra is something that a person sets a specific place where it should be for all of Shabbos. He sets it aside and he puts it there to remain there for the entire Shabbos. So the fact that your mocking, it's removed of use and it's not to be moved on Shabbos. To re- it's, it, that, that itself is a form of muktzah that your kiveya, that it should remain there for the entire Shabbos. This is the way Rabbi of Yosef understood why a candelabra is different. So Abaya questioned this. kilas chasonim. There is a, a bridal bed that is made with a canopy o- over it. And it's made with a canopy that comes to a diagonal point on the top. And because of, it, because of the fact that it comes to a point, 
So it doesn't have a roof that's the minimum size of a tefach that is required for the Tumah of Oihel. So we learned already many times, we've here before also on Masech the Shabbos about the Tumah of Oihel, that anything that's inside a tent, that, and there's also a dead body inside, so you become Tomei. But in order to, uh, to have the Tumah of Oihel, you have to have at least the minimum size of a roof above you, which is a tefach. If there's no tefach of a roof, so then there's no tumah of oil. So you have this kilas chasanim, the adam kevei mokin. A person does establish a specific place where that bed is going to be. It's not something that you move around from one room to another. Vama Shmuel mishum rabchia. Shmuel said in the name of, of, of rabchia, kilas chasanim, muter lintaisa, umuter lefarka b'shabes. This bridal bed, you're allowed to take, you're allowed to open it up and take it apart on Shabbos. So the discussion over here, I'm sorry, I mentioned before Tumah. It's not regarding Tumah, it's regarding Shabbos. It's regarding building a tent on Shabbos. One of the things you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, of course, is to build a tent to create a um, binyan of a, of a oihel. So the, the isr of building the oil on Shabbos is if it has at least a tefach of a roof on top. Since this um, bridal bed comes to a point on the top, that's the way the roof is, without having a tefach of a roof, so therefore there's no issue of opening it or closing it on Shabbos. But the question is, okay, there's no issue of building an oil, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> but there should be an issue of moving it. It should be mukts on Shabbos, because you establish a specific place for it to remain there. It should be similar to the candelabra, according to Rabban of Yosef's chat. So the Gemara answers, Elom So Abaye gives a different shot. What's unique about the Menorah, the candelabra, that it can't be moved on Shabbos? Bishel Chulyais. We're talking about a candelabra that's made up of parts. And as Rashi explains, the concern here is that if you're going to move this candelabra from one place to another, it's going to fall apart. And then you're going to put it back together. And if you put it back together, you're creating a keli on Shabbos. And you're not allowed. So for the, this concern, not to move a menayda, a, a, a candelabra on Shabbos. So this is the reason why this is unique. If this is the concern, that it's made up of parts and, you, and it might fall apart and you could put it back, back together, so what, what is the explanation? The, for Rabshimah ben Lokish, the Shari, that he says that if it's a small menayda that you can move around with one hand, you're allowed to move on a Shabbos. If it's only if it's a large menayda, you're not allowed. What's the difference between large or small? If it's if the concern is that it's going to fall apart because it's made up of parts, so then whether it's small or large, you're going to come to uh, put it together on Shabbos. So the Gemara explains, my Chulias. Over here, we're not actually talking about a menayda that's made up of parts. What does cholius over here mean? Ke'en cholius. It's a menayda that it looks like, it appears that it's made up of parts. It's not made up of parts, but it appears it's made up of parts. What does that mean? The ispe chitki. It's a menayda that has the designs and shapes, and, and the, as we have the even the candelabras today, they're made with these grooves and shapes, and it looks like that it's made up of parts. So this is a gzeir of chazal, because it looks like it's made up of parts, you shouldn't move it. And now the Gemara will explain the difference, what exactly is the Machlaikis here, between Rabshimah ben Lakish and Rabbi Yechenen, whether we could move a large menorah 
whether the gzeda is not to move only a large menorah, or the gzeda is even not to move a small menorah. So let's see, hilkoch. So therefore as follows, cholyois, if you actually have a menorah that is made up of parts, bank doyla, bank tana, whether it's large, whether it's small, asur letalpul. You may not move it on Shabbos because it can fall apart, and then there's a gzeda, you might put it back together. Gedoyla nami. Now if you have a large menorah, the ispei chitki, even if it's not made up of parts, but it has these grooves and it looks like it's made up of parts. Gizeda atu gedayla, atu gedayla decholyos. It's there's a gizeda not to move this large menorah that has grooves because it looks similar to the large menorah that is made up of parts. So as Rashi over here explains, most menorahs that are made up of parts are large. So if a, a menorah that's not made up of parts but it has grooves. Dafka regarding a large menorah, were they geyser that you shouldn't move it? Because then a person will come to think that he could move a menorah with parts, because he sees a large menorah that you're moving, and this large menorah, it looks like it's made up of parts. The machloikis between the Shimon ben Lokish and Rabbi Yechenen was regarding a small menorah that has the grooves. Mar Savar Gazrinon. So Rabbi Yechenen's opinion is that we're geyser even benigeya to a small menorah as well. Because it has these grooves and it could look like it's made up of parts, so therefore they were geyser not to move any menorahs. Omar Sava, but Rishlokish holds, like Azrinan, regarding a small menorah, they were not geyser because a small menorah, people know that you're moving it because it's not made up of parts. Small menorahs are usually not made up of parts, and therefore the gzeda that applies to a large menorah and a large menorah that's made up of parts does not apply to a small menorah. So we see over here that the story of a menorah is completely a different gzeda, not related to muktzah whatsoever. It's a gzeda about the fact that it could fall apart and you can come to put together the parts of a menorah. And therefore the story that happened with Rab Asi that had the menorah fall on his coat does not, does not show anything regarding whether Rab Yechen and Paskin like Rab Yehuda or Rab Shimon. Okay, but now the Gemara comes back to the statement that was said before that Rab Yechen and Paskin like Rab Yehuda that was stringent about muktzah. And the Gemara asks a question from a Mishnah. Did Rabbi Yechenen paskin like Rabbi Yehuda? But we know that Rabbi Yechenen said the following rule. We will always paskin like a Stam Mishnah. And here the Gemara is going to bring a Stam Mishnah, which we had quoted just two pages before in the Gemara. And there we see a Stam Mishnah that seems to follow Rabbi Shimon's opinion. We learned in a Mishnah in Kalim. Muhani Shalot. So again, we learned this already. This is talking about a coach that has a removable wheel. And now the question is whether the status of Tumma that there is on the co- on the coach is on the wheel as well. So if you have this wheel that's removable, so then Bismanshinishmetis, if it's removable, ain chibrullah. It's not attached, and therefore whatever status of Tumma there is on the coach does not apply to the wheel. The Ainin Dedesima. And it's also not measured along with it to see the size of how large the coach is in order to know if it could be Makabal Tumma or not. If it could contain more than 40 saw, if it's that large, it's not Makabal Tumma. We don't measure the wheel along with it. If you're driving over a caver, so people inside this coach, their floor separates from the caver and therefore they do not become Tome. But the wheel does not create that separation. Now comes the halacha that's relevant for us. The ain guided in Isa Bishabis, 
you cannot move this coach on Shabbos, when there is money on the wheel. So when there's money there, you can't move it on Shabbos. So this is the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, what do you see from here? If there's no money on this coach, on this wheel, at the time, at that time in Shabbos, Sharia, you're allowed to move the coach. Even if there was money placed there at the time of Ben Hashemoshes, but if right now there's no money there, you're allowed to move this. So we already had this before, that according to Rabbi Yehuda, if there's money there, Ben Hashemoshes, the status of that item over here, of the wheel, follows the status that it had at Ben Hashemoshes. According to Rabbi Shimon, if right now there's no money there, the fact that it did have money there on, Sha- on the, uh, uh, Ben Hashemoshes doesn't matter. So here we have a Stam Mishnah that's following Rabbi Shimon's opinion. That you have to look at the present. Is there money there now? And we don't follow Ben Hashemoshes like the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So this is a contradiction in Rab, to Rabbi Yechenen. Rabbi Yechenen said the halach is like Rabbi Yehuda. At the same time we have a Stam Mishnah that's like Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Yechenen said the halach is like a Stam Mishnah. So the Gemara answers, Omer Abzeire, Tehei Mishnah Seinu, is called Ben Hashemoshes. We are going to have to say that this Mishnah is talking about a case that there was no money there at the time of Ben Hashemoshes. So that's not a reason why it would be Muktza the entire Shabbos, even if there's no money there, like Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. There was no money there at the time of Ben Hashemoshes. And why are we saying this? Not to break the words of Rabbi Yechenen, so there shouldn't be a contradiction in the Psak Din of Rabbi Yechenen. Gemara brings a story, Om Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Pamachas, Holach Rabbi Lidi Yusfira. Once, Rabbi went to this place, the Yusfira. And he paskin regarding a candelabra, like Rab Shimon regarding a candle. This is the statement. Now the Gemara is going to question what exactly is the meaning of this statement. So the question was asked, how do we read this statement? He paskin regarding a candelabra, that once the candles of a candelabra are out, so he passed in there, Kirab Shimon Bener, like Rab Shimon says regarding a ner, a lamp that Lehatera, that it's mutter. Once a lamp, the fire goes out, it's there's no mukta anymore. And Rabbi Paskin regarding a candelabra as well, that once the fire goes out, that it's not mukta anymore and you could move it around. In other words, Rabbi did not hold of the whole gzeda that we spoke about before, that it's made up of parts, a manoid is made up of parts, and therefore you could come to put it together on Shabbos. That's one shot here. Or perhaps we have to read this statement differently. That's one thing. When it came to the candelabra, there he paskin that it's also to move it because of the gzeda that we had before, because it's made up of parts and you might come to move it and so on. And then, then he paskin like Rab Shimon regarding a lamp that once the fire goes out, it's mutter to use it and there's no muktzah. Is that the pshat and what Rabbi said? Teiku. The Gemara doesn't answer this. Another incident, Rav Malkia Ikla Lebei Rav Simloi. Rav Malkia came and spent Shabbos by Rav Simloi. Vitiltul Shrage. And he moved the lamp after the fire went out. Like Rav Shimon's opinion, Vikbid Rav Simloi. And Rav Simloi was not happy with this. He was makbid because apparently Rav Simloi passed like Rav Yehuda that even after the fire goes out, you shouldn't move it. Rav Yaisi Glilo Ikla La Asred Rav Yaisi Rav Chanina. Rav Yaisi Glilo came to the place of Rav Yaisi Rav Chanina. Tiltul Shraga and he was moving the lamp after it went out on Shabbos. Ve'ikpid Rabbi Yisrael Barchanina and Rabbi Yisrael Barchanina was makpid again because he passed him like Rabbi Yehuda. 
Rabavohu, now Rabavohu had an interesting way of doing things. Ki ikla la'asri de Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. When he would come to the place of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi that paskened like Rabbi Shimon, that's Mekel, regarding moving the lamp after the fire goes out, have a metaltal shrag. So he would move the uh, lamp. Ki ikla la'asri de Rabbi Yechenen, when he came to the place of Rabbi Yechenen that held like Rabbi Yehuda, as we said before, and was Machmer, he didn't move the uh, lamp. Okay, so wherever he was, he did according to the person, the place that he was in. So the Gemara asks, Monavshach, how does he hold? What's his opinion? If he follows Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, so he should always follow Rabbi Yehuda. He should always be Machmer. If he always holds like Rabbi Shimon, so he should always do like Rabbi Shimon. So the Gemara answers, Really, his opinion was, Rabavo held like Rab Shimon, which is more mekel. It's only for the honor of Rab Yechenen, he didn't follow the lenient opinion of Rab Shimon when he was in the city of Rab Yechenen, so for the honor of Rab Yechenen, he didn't follow Rab he didn't follow Rab Shimon's opinion. So as Rashi over here says, you can't say the other way around, that really he follows the opinion of Rab Yehuda, that was Machmer, and that it's considered to be Mukta. And for the honor of Rabbi Shua ben Levi, he was um, Mekel like uh, Rabbi Shimon. Because if he holds the Chumrah that it's actually Mukta, he can't be Mekel for the honor of Rabbi Shua ben Levi. But the other way around, if he holds Lekula that it's not Mukta like Rabbi Shimon, so then for the honor of Rabbi Yechenen, when he was in a city, he was more Machmer to, to not do different than Rabbi Yechenen, which was the Rav in his place. Now this returns back to the to the Mishnah that was discussing the Mukta Machmas Mios. Not in a case where you have a fire that's burning or after the fire went out, but over here we're talking about a lamp that was once used and therefore the lamp becomes Mios. It's repugnant and there, that itself makes it Mukta. So the Gemara says, Rav Yehuda said, Shraged the Mishcha Shari Tula. A lamp that was used with oil, you're allowed to move on a Shabbos. It does not become ma'os. It, uh, just because it was used with oil, it doesn't make it repugnant. The nafta, but if it was used with nafta, we had this before in the Mishnah, nafta is, is uh, some other kind of uh, fuel that comes from uh, another, another substance that has a bad smell. Asa You're not allowed to uh, move it on uh, Shabbos because now this has a bad smell, it's repugnant, it's muktzamach masmias. Rabbi and Rav Yasef both said, the nafta namishad a little tula. You have a lamp, even if it was used with nafta and it has a bad smell, you're still allowed to move it on Shabbos. There's no muktzamach masmias. This is the actual halacha that's brought in Shochanarach. And the Gemara will explain why. Even though lachayre becomes muktzamach masmias, so yet, uh, this, it's, it's not mos and you're allowed to use it on Shabbos. What's the reason? So the Gemara explains this with the following incident. Rav Ivya ikla lebei Rava. Rav Ivya came to Rava on a Shabbos. Ava meisin beikare betina. His shoes were dirty with tina, with uh, mud. He came from the outside, and his shoes were dirty. Asivi apuria. He went and sat down on the bed in Rava's house, and he got the bed dirty. So what happened? Um, <clears throat> Asive again, Asive Apurye Kameh Rava. He sat down on a bed with his dirty shoes in front of Rava. Ikbid Rava. Rava was makbid. Rava was upset about this because he got the bed dirty. So Rava wanted to be Mitzayir him. He, wanted, he was going to ask him questions 
to to be mitzayed him for for doing this, sort of to to waking him up to realize what he did wrong here. Amalei so Rav says to Rav Ivyim, my time. What's the reason? Rabbi Rav Yosef, Domri Tarvayu, the Rabbi and Rav Yosef both said Shrage the Nafta Nami Shara that even a lamp that was used with nafta and has a bad smell, you're still allowed to move it around the Shabbos. Why? has a bad smell. It's moss. People are not going to use it. So it should be mukta. What was their reason? Amalei, Rav Ivya answers Rava, Since this lamp could still be used as a bottle cap, you can still use it to cover some, some other keli. So it's not used for other uses. You're not going to put food in it. You're not going to store things in it. But you can still use it to cover a keli. So since it has some kind of a use, it's not Moktzah on Shabbos. So Rava responds back to Ravivya. Again, he's trying to challenge him and be mitzayed him with these questions. Any tzreiris, any pebbles that are out in the courtyard, metaltalin. You should be allowed to move them as well on Shabbos. Since any of those pebbles could also be used to cover as a battle cap, to cover a keli. So why are they muktzah? We know that any pebbles that are out in the ground on Shabbos are considered to be muktzah. Why are they muktzah? So some of Farshim say that Rava was trying to hint to Rav Ivya, why couldn't you take any pebble and wipe off your shoes? If it's not muktzah, it could be used for a bottle cap. So why didn't you wipe off your shoes? That's what he was trying to hint to him. Amalei, Sarava answers, but It's different. You can't compare pebbles to a lamp. A, a lamp has a tightest keli. It is actually a keli. And here, this keli, since it has some kind of a use, so then it won't be muktzah. But honey, these pebbles, like a tightest they're not considered to be bachlala keli. So the fact that it has some kind of a use is not going to take it out of the category of muktzah. Just pebbles, which is not prepared for any use whatsoever, is going to be muktzah according to everybody, both according to Rabbi Huda, according to Rabbi Shimon. Over here, it's a keli. Elamai, it's maos. It seems to be that it has a bad smell and it can't be used for anything. So we say, no, it could be used as a battle cap. And he brought him a source for this. Mi Tanya. Didn't we learn in a So we turn over to Memvav Amidbeis. Hashirim v'anizomim v'hatabois. It's a bracelet, a nose ring, or a ring. Now, this just to explain what we're talking about over here. There's a gzeir of Chazal, which we will be learning about in Mitzvah later on in the Gemara, that a woman should not go out, according to one opinion, a woman should not be going out with jewelry on Shabbos because she may come to carry them. She may take off her jewelry while she's in a Shusarabim. And therefore, those, that jewelry should not be worn in a Shusarabim or it shouldn't be worn outside in the Chatzar. So she can't use that jewelry on Shabbos. But even though she can't use it on Shabbos, but nevertheless, the question now is, is it Muktza or not? So this Braise says it's not Muktza. They're like any other keli that could be moved in within a courtyard. So what we see over here is that although it can't be worn on Shabbos, but yet, since it's a keli, therefore it could be, it could be moved, it's not mukta. Same applies here when you have the lamp, even though it was used with nafta and it smells, but yet it could be used as a bottle cap and therefore it's not mukta. What's the reason why these jewelries could be moved on Shabbos? Since it's a keli. If it's a keli, it's not just a pebble, so then it could be moved on Shabbos. This lamp has a tightest keli on it. So this was the end of the conversation between Rava and Rav Ivya. The Gemara concludes, 
Omar, Rab Nachman, Bar Yitzchak, Rab Nachman, Bar Yitzchak commented regarding this incident, Berich Rachmane, the Lake Sifi Rav Ivya. They thanked the Eibishter for the fact that Rav was not successful in embarrassing Rav Ivya with these questions. Okay, now the Gemara returns to Rab Shimon's opinion regarding Muktzah, and the Gemara will ask a seemingly contradiction in Rab Shimon's opinion. Abaya asked a question to Rab Tanya. So we learned in Abraisa regarding Rab Shimon's opinion. The leftover oil that from a lamp or in a bowl that there was a candle burning there, Osr. It's forbidden to use that oil for the rest of Shabbos. But Rab Shimon says once the candle burns out, you're allowed to use the oil for anything. You can use it for your salad on Shabbos. Alma. So here we see Rab Shimon does not hold of Mukta in a case where there's no lamp burning there. We don't go this according to the status that it was before. Right now, it's fit for use. It's not Mokta. So the following question is asked, and this is a b'raise a, a, a regarding the halacha of a b'chayr. A b'chayr, if it does not have a mum, is holy and has to be brought as a carbon in the base of Mikdash. And that's even b'zman azeh, a b'chayr that does not have a mum. We're talking about a b'chayr of a behemoth, that is. So it's, it's, it does not have a mum, it has to be brought as a carbon, and you can't use it. When the Bukhair has a mum, it has to have a mum kavua, it has to have a permanent blemish, so then it could be used for the kayan to be eaten, he could shecht it and he could eat it. So in order to be able to use a Bukhair bizman azeh, you're going to have to inspect it to see if it has a permanent mum. If you didn't already have ascertained before Yomtev that this Pchayr has a permanent mum, this is not prepared for use on, on Yomtev and therefore it's Muktzah. You can't use it on Yomtev. This is Rab Shimon's opinion. So the question is, according to Rab Shimon, you can have someone inspect it on Yomtev itself and see and have it used on Yomtev, even if it wasn't prepared from before Yomtev. If Rab Shimon holds regarding the leftovers of the oil from a lamp that now it could be used on Shabbos and Yontif and therefore it's not Mutzah, why don't we say the same thing over here regarding this Bukhair that right now you should take a look and see if it has a mum or not and it should be used on Yontif itself? So the Gemara answer is no, there's no comparison. How could you compare the two? Hasam, when it comes to a lamp, the person is waiting, or at least the person is expecting, that this is a lamp that's going to go out on Shabbos. And therefore, the leftover oil, he's going to be able to use on Shabbos. Over here, when it comes to the b'chayr of this behemem, the person is waiting when a mum is going to, is going to come into the behemoth, when there'll be a permanent mum. Meimar Omar, he says to himself, Who says that this uh, animal will have a mum? Who says it's going to have a blemish for this yomtiv to be used? And even if it'll have a blemish, Who says that it's going to have a uh, permanent mum? In order for it to be, be fit for use, it has to have a permanent mum. Even if it will have a permanent mum, who says he's going to find a chacham that's going to inspect it and tell him that there is a mum in order to actually make it permitted to, 
to be used for the Kayan and not to be uh, designated for the Beis Mikdash, you have to have a Chacham that actually sees that it, doesn't, that it has a Mum. So who says he's going to find a Chacham? So therefore, in this case, the person is expecting to use it on, on Yom Tif. He's not. Who says it'll have a mum, even if it will? Who says it'll be a mum kavua, even if it'll be a mum kavua? Who says the chacham is going to look at it on, on, uh, on Yantif? And as, as Taisus over here points out, <clears throat> on Yantif, you're really not allowed, a chacham is not allowed to inspect it to see whether it has a mum or not, because it's like making a, 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 a judgment, passing judgment on something, and there's no halachas and judgment of a court on Shabbos. So therefore, he's not going to find a chacham to go and pass in the Salah on Shabbos. So therefore, in this case, even Abshimen agrees that it's Muktzah. Mos, Rami Bachames, and are based on this premise that who says you're going to find a Chacham that's going to be mad to you this uh, Mum on Shabbos. So if so, the question was asked regarding the following case. A woman that makes a nether on Shabbos. Mephidin Nedarim B'Shabbos. You could annul the vows of a woman on Shabbos. Who annuls the vows? The husband annuls the vows. Or in a case where you have a a, a dayan, a rav, that is going to find a way out of the nether, this could be done on Shabbos. So the question is, why could this be done on Shabbos? For example, a woman made a nether that she's not going to, uh, she's not going to eat fish on Shabbos. And now comes Shabbos, she wants to eat the fish. So she, her husband could be matanedah, could annul the vows on Shabbos. Vamai, why? Let us say, that she's thinking to herself, who says my husband is going to want to, be, want to annul my vow on Shabbos? And if so, she has separated this fish that she doesn't want to use at Bechlal on Shabbos. I, maybe it could be matanedah on Shabbos, but we just said that even according to Rab Shimon, the fact that a chacham might find a mum is not something that a person is relying on. Same thing over here regarding using the husband to be mat to her nether on Shabbos. Who says that she relies on that? And as Taisu says that maybe the husband will be from and he won't want to be mat to the nether on Shabbos because usually you only mat to nether on Shabbos for the purpose of a mitzvah so he might not want to be mat to nether on Shabbos. So she's not relying on that. So the Gemara says, no. Hasam Kedirav Pinchas. Over there, it's following a statement that Rav Pinchas said. Mishmei Derave. Dom Rav Pinchas Mishmei Derave. Kol Anederes. Any woman that makes a neder, al das baila hinederes. She's doing it lachatchila, having in mind that if she will want or if her husband will want, he will be mata neder for her. And therefore, in this case, she made a neder not to eat fish on Shabbos. She was a chatchila relying that if that it's only al das her husband. That if her husband will will want her to eat the fish on Shabbos. She could use them to be mataneda. So she did expect her husband to be mataneda for her, and it's not compared to the case of the mum, where the person doesn't expect the chacham to see the mum of the bechayir on Shabbos. <clears throat> One more case the Gemara brings regarding this subject. Toshema, we learned in another b'raisen, Nishalim, Linidorim, Sholtzeirech, Shabbos, B'Shabbos. You're allowed to go to a chacham to find a way out of your nether for the purpose of eating on Shabbos, for something on Shabbos. Va'amai, again the same question is asked, Why don't we use the same svara that the person wasn't expecting to have the chacham be matanedr on Shabbos? Just like in the case of the Bukhair, the person wasn't expecting for the chacham to inspect this animal on Shabbos, the person is not expecting the chacham to be matanedr on nether on Shabbos. So how does the heter of the nether Help on Shabbos if it would be Muktzah. Answers the Gemara, 
Hasam iloim is dakekle chacham sagile begimel adyaitis. When it comes to being mataneder, if a chacham will, will not want to do it, you can go to any three plain people and sit them down and have them be mataneder. Similar to the Hataras Nadaran that we do on Rosh Hashanah. Well, our minig is that we do it with ten people, and the Velt they do it with three people. But you can do the Hataras Nadaran even with three plain people. But hacha, when it comes to the case of the uh, mum, of the behemah, mi yemed chacham. There you actually need an expert, a chacham, that knows the halachas of seeing what's a mum and what's a mum kavua, what's a permanent mum. There you need a chacham, and therefore that the person doesn't rely on. This a person does rely on. Okay, now the Gemara comes back to the opinion of Rab Shimin, and it returns to what we learned in the Mishnah, that according to Rab Shimin, while the, the candle is burning in the lamp, it is Muktzan Shabbos. After it goes out, then it's not Muktzan, but while it's burning, it's Muktzan Shabbos. So we had before, the Gemara, I believe on Daf Mem Hay, explained that according to Rab Shimin, you're not allowed to use the oil of the lamp while it's burning, and the reason is because the oil has been designated for the mitzvah. It's Huktzel and Mitzvah, so you can't use that oil. But here there's a different question. We're not talking about using the oil, we're talking about moving the lamp around from one place to another. You're not taking out the oil, so you're not disturbing the fulfillment of the mitzvah, it's going to continue burning, but you just want to move it from one place on the table to another place at the table. Now, Shimon holds, even just to move the lamp, you're not allowed on Shabbos while it's burning. Why not? What's the Muktzel in this? When the fire goes out in the lamp, then you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. In only when the fire went out. If the fire did not go out, you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos. My time. What's the reason why the lamp is burning? You can't move it. Dilma and the reason says he responded. The reason is perhaps Bahadi the Nakatla, while he's moving it from one place to another, kafsa. It might come to extinguish. You're moving the lamp and it could shake and it could move and then it could the fire will go out. So now his question was, but Ha Shamina Rapshimin, don't we know that Rapshimin's opinion is, and we had this so many times already, the Omar, Dovar Sha'in Miskavin Mutter. If you're doing a malacha, but you had no kavana for this malacha to be done, it's mutter to be done on Shabbos. The Tanya, as we learned in the Braisa, Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon says, A person may drag a chair, a bed, or a bench, and he makes a, a charitz, a dent in the, a, inside the ground, which is a malacha of chayfer. As long as he didn't have that kavana, he's allowed. So over here as well, what should be the problem of the person moving the lamp on Shabbos? that it might extinguish the Shabbos. That was not his kavana. He just wanted to move the lamp from one location to another. So it's Eina Miskavin, so it should be totally muttered according to Rav Shimon. So Rav Yosef gave the following answer. If a person, if in a case where a person had kavana to do this malacha, there will be an Isidar So even without Kavana, Rab Shimon says there will be an Isidar What is he saying over here? So what he, let, let's take this example over here of the lamp. If you extinguish the lamp on Shabbos, right? So there's an Isidar Raisa. Kibui, there's an Av Malacha. You're putting out the fire on Shabbos. So in a case where if you put out the lamp on Shabbos, there's a Malacha Dairaisa. So even if you're doing it without Kavana, Rab Shimon will say that there's an Isser Mid Rabbanon. Because you're doing an action that if you had Kavana, it would be Asr Dairaisa. But Kal Heicha, the Chi Mechavin, 
But in any case, either even with your kavana, it would only be a ismid If you don't have kavana, shut it up Then Abshem says that it's totally mutalachathila. What is this case talking about? The case of dragging the bench on Shabbos. As Rashi explains, when you drag a bench on Shabbos, what happens? What's the problem here? Chaifer, that you're making a, a, a hole in the ground, and that's a malacha of Chaifer and Shabbos. But that's not a ism malacha of Chaifer. Because it's not the regular way of chayfer. It's chayfer with a shinoi. You're doing it by dragging a bench. So even if you were having kavanah to make that hole in the ground on Shabbos, there's no malacha dairaisa. So therefore, if you do it without kavanah, it's totally mutter. But in a case where there would have been a malacha dairaisa, had you had kavanah, so then if you don't have kavanah, it's going to be awesome with the so that's the issue with moving the lamp on Shabbos, since if you, if you actually extinguish the fire on Shabbos, it's a molacha deiraisa, so when you move it without kavana, it's at least osama derabanan, even according to Rav Shimon. That's the pshat over here. So Rav doesn't, doesn't agree to this distinction. Masiv Rav, Rav asks a question from the following Braisa. We're going to learn one more piece for today. And we had this um, case before already. Meichreik sus, people that are selling garments. And they have garments that are shatnis, and they want to demonstrate to people the garments that they're selling. They can sell their garments in the usual way, and they can wear it to show people how uh, it fits and to, to present the garment. As long as when you try it on to show people in the summertime, do not have kavana that you're using it to protect yourself from the sun or the winter to protect yourself from the cold or from the rain. So you can wear it as long as you have no kavana. If there's no kavana, it's totally mutter. That's nuen, those people that are more scrupulous, so they would hang it on a stick and show people demonstrate it that way without wearing it. This is the Mishnah. Now in this case, He's wearing shatnas. If you would have kavana to wear it as a garment, to have hana of it, it's shatnas. It's a ike. And nevertheless, kiloi mechavin, shari rabshem alachatchila. Still, rabshem says, if you have no kavana, it's mutalachatchila. So what we see over here is, even a case where there's an isada iraisa mamish, without kavana, it's totally mutter. So why don't we say the same thing regarding the lamp? You're moving the lamp on Shabbos. If you extinguish the lamp with kavana, it's an isada iraisa. But without kavana, according to Rav Shimon, it should be totally mutter. So what's the problem to move the lamp on Shabbos? It might extinguish, but you're not having kavana to do that. It should be totally mutter. So Rav concludes and says, Hanach lener shemen upsila, leave the case of the lamp with the oil and the wick. While the lamp is burning, there's the flame. The flame is a dover asur. The flame itself, you're not allowed to touch it on Shabbos. <clears throat> it's a dover asur. So therefore, the entire lamp becomes a base for this Dava Asr, and therefore it's Mukta Machmas Isr. Even if Rav Shimon does not hold of other Muktas, he doesn't hold of Mukta Machmas Mios, and he's lenient regarding, uh, regarding other things of Mukta, but over here, when you have an actual flame burning, which is Asr, so now this entire lamp becomes Mukta. That's the reason why you're not allowed to move this lamp on Shabbos, even according to Rav Shimon. That's the conclusion of the sugya for today. Everybody have a great day. Hatzlacha Rabbe and everything you do.